Welcome to the Kegel Room, a podcast for women of color to learn all the things you didn't learn about pelvic health, from sex to childbirth, pain, fitness, and then some. I'm your host, Dr. Camille Siegel, a licensed pelvic floor physical therapist. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the first episode of the Kegel Room in season two. It's been a while. We took a break, but I wanted to get back to you in season two with just me to answer a few questions, some of them personal and some of them more educational. First of all, I want to say Happy New Year and thank you to all the listeners who supported the Kegel Room during our season one, our very first season, and I look forward to bringing you even more engaging conversations with providers and professionals who have something to speak about when it comes to pelvic health and wellness. So let's jump right into the questions. The first thing I want to answer, because I still get this question very often, even though people know what I do and who I am, but the real question is, what is pelvic floor PT? So pelvic floor physical therapy is what I do in other countries. It's called pelvic floor physiotherapy, women's health physical therapist or women's health physio in both here in the U.S. and in other countries. And essentially what we do is we treat men, women, and children with pelvic floor dysfunction. There are some people who consider themselves pelvic floor physical therapists or women's health physical therapists, but they do not treat men or they do not treat children. So if that's something that you are looking for, you have to make sure that the therapist is specialized or skilled in working with that population. You just have to ask. So pelvic floor physical therapy that I practice, I treat men, women, and children. If you've listened to previous episodes, you can pretty much tell what we treat based on the topics that we discuss. So that might include pain with intercourse or any type of penetration, any leaking in the bladder or even from the colon or from the bowels, so urinary leakage or fecal or gas leakage even. We even treat the opposite of that, including constipation, which we've talked about on this podcast. Uh, We've also treated conditions that are outside of the pelvic floor, but still within our specialty, including diastasis recti, or which is abdominal separation or weakness. And we also treat pain anywhere else in the body because, listen, at the end of the day, it's all connected. The hip bone's connected to the leg bone, so forth and so forth. So if someone comes in with knee pain, I am still qualified to treat them. And sometimes foot or knee pain can contribute to pelvic floor issues because it's all connected. If your foot is off, it throws off how you walk. It throws off the pelvis and it throws off the muscles within the pelvis, which include the pelvic floor. Same thing goes for the upper body. You can have headaches 
because of tension in your neck and shoulders and that can cause pelvic floor issues as well it's weird to think about but it's possible it's not impossible I've definitely treated patients with pelvic floor issues and started with their neck and shoulders and it's improved we still need to address the pelvic floor but addressing the other conditions uh, and dysfunction can sometimes improve the pelvic floor believe it or not so pelvic floor physical therapists work internally as well as externally most people are familiar with the external portion of any type of physical therapy because that's most likely what you associate when you think of physical therapy is working outside of the body cavity so let's dive a little bit deeper into what it means to treat internally. So when I say I treat individuals internally, that means that I am assessing and treating muscles, nerves, tissues inside the pelvic cavity. And the only way to access those tissues is through the vagina or through the rectum. So when I say I perform internal assessments, that means I am using a finger, a gloved lubricated finger to assess the muscles of the pelvic floor through the vagina or through the rectum. Now I'm pretty sure that scares a lot of people, makes them anxious, especially if they tend to have pain in that region, but it's a little bit different as far as pelvic floor physical therapy goes when it comes to assessment than what you would experience at, let's say, the gynecologist or even the urologist. I like to say that I am more gentle and I am more uh, specific in what I am looking for. So when you go to the gynecologist or you go to the urologist, their concern is, the organs within the pelvic cavity. They're moving the muscles out of the way or they're completely bypassing the muscles in order to do what they do, assess the organs of the pelvic cavity. My job is to assess everything that they bypass or they move out of the way. That's not to say that a urologist or a gynecologist does not assess the pelvic floor muscles. They absolutely do, but that's not their main focus. My main focus as a pelvic floor physical therapist is looking at the tissues of the pelvic floor. So when I do an assessment internally, I'm using one lubricated and gloved finger and I'm assessing the different layers of the pelvic floor. So I'm very intentional with my movements and I'm very intentional with what I am checking for and the things that I ask my patients to do, which might be to contract the pelvic floor muscles, relax the pelvic floor muscles, and lengthen those muscles. So I give directions on how to do so if someone does not know how to do that. So I'm always amazed at how many patients come through the door and I will say, can you do what you consider a Kegel exercise? And 
many of my patients will say, well, I'm not sure what that is, but here goes. Sometimes they get it right and they do exactly what their body is supposed to do. And sometimes the body does not do what it's supposed to do. Rather than contracting and doing a Kegel exercise, sometimes other muscles will contract instead of the pelvic floor muscles. Or sometimes other muscles contract with the pelvic floor muscles, which don't need to. And sometimes instead of a contraction, I get a lengthening. So different things can happen during uh, an assessment when there is the intention to contract the pelvic floor muscles. Same goes for relaxing the muscles or even lengthening the muscles. Sometimes when a patient is asked to lengthen the pelvic floor muscles, instead of getting a lengthening, I might see a contraction. So what that means is that there's just a coordination issue which needs to be worked on and I teach my patients how to do that, how to coordinate the muscles in order for them to do what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to. So you might come across uh, other forms of therapy that pretty much do similar to what we do as pelvic floor physical therapists, and that's okay. We will talk about some of what those are in a little bit, but I wanted to go over what it means to be a pelvic floor physical therapist. Most pelvic floor physical therapists, such as myself, especially if they're graduating today from an accredited program, are graduating with a doctorate in physical therapy. So that's why I am Dr. Keneal Siegel, because I have my doctorate in physical therapy. That does not qualify me to be a pelvic floor physical therapist alone. In order to be a pelvic floor physical therapist, additional training is required. There is some training into pelvic floor rehab, but not much. It's an introduction and every program is different. Some programs have an excellent introduction to pelvic floor physical therapy and some programs are not so great. They're lacking in the information that they cover. My exposure to pelvic floor physical therapy as a student, I would say was pretty consistent with what most other programs offer. It's really an introduction to what pelvic floor physical therapy is, the conditions that are treated, how to recognize when to send someone to a pelvic floor physical therapist versus trying to handle it as just a general physical therapist. So once I graduated from my DPT program, I sought additional training to be a pelvic floor physical therapist. Actually, I did start my training prior to graduating because I knew this was the road that I wanted to take and I started my training prior to graduating so that once I did graduate, I would be able to begin treating pelvic floor dysfunction immediately. Once I did graduate, I started doing additional training on top of that because one training is not enough or one class is not enough. There are a series of classes that are required 
and I was able to take those classes and even assist in teaching those classes upon graduation. There are other providers, as I mentioned, who treat pelvic floor dysfunction, and I have taken classes with them. I've come across them on social media, and I always get the question, how are they different than pelvic floor physical therapists? What are they doing that a pelvic floor physical therapist is or is not doing? So depending on practice guidelines or their scope of practice, there are other providers who can provide pelvic floor therapy. Obviously, it's not going to be called pelvic floor physical therapy, but they call it pelvic floor therapy. Occupational therapists are able to provide pelvic floor therapy. Nurses or nurse practitioners, doctors, other doctors are able to do so chiropractors, I guess. I've had chiropractors in other classes that I've assisted in, so I guess it depends on the state. I'm going to assume anyone with a license to touch within their state or scope of practice is able to practice pelvic floor therapy with the right training. Just as pelvic floor physical therapists or physical therapists in general, do not graduate from a DPT, doctorate in physical therapy program, able to treat pelvic floor dysfunction. There is additional training required. Additional training is required for any other professional, licensed professional who wants to treat pelvic floor physical therapy or pelvic floor therapy. You may have come across Other providers, such as personal trainers, yoga instructors, massage therapists, so forth, who provide pelvic floor rehab or pelvic floor recovery. So if it's exercise-based, the recovery that they are providing is strictly that it is exercise-based. They may be able to give you some anatomy as far as the pelvic floor goes. They might be able to provide some suggestions as to how to handle a particular condition. But if they are not licensed to touch, then they should not be performing any internal assessments or technically even an external assessment, such as checking you for an abdominal separation, such as diastasis recti, which is very common, commonly seen or found during personal training or working with a Pilates instructor, a yoga instructor, or someone of the kind. So those individuals are able to provide recovery and rehabilitation exercise-based, but they're not able to provide you with care where any internal assessment or treatment um, is required. They might also not be providing you with the educational piece that is also necessary for healing. A big part of what I do as a pelvic floor physical therapist is education. The reason I have this platform is to educate There's a lot of information that is not 
commonly or typically known and during a pelvic floor evaluation and treatment, there's a lot of transfer of education or information because there's just a lot that we did not learn um, as we were growing up. So education is a big part of what I do. And a specialist or trainer or uh, personal trainer might not be providing that educational piece. They might be able to provide the exercise piece, but sometimes the education piece is necessary as well. And sometimes the touch, the physical touch from manual therapy is also required. That being said, it is very possible for someone to receive treatment or guidance from a pelvic floor exercise model of care and and recover from that. For example, if someone has urinary incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse or even diastasis recti, the abdominal separation, it is very possible to recover having just seen a personal trainer who is experienced and trained in working with those conditions. It's really important to work with someone who is trained in these types of conditions because it's more than just core strengthening or pelvic floor strengthening. There's a lot of coordination that is involved and if the muscles are not working together the way they are supposed to in the right order and you're not getting that cueing from the person you're working with, then you're missing out and that can actually increase your chances of developing or worsening your pelvic floor condition. I hope that doesn't scare you. I am not in the mindset of creating fear around you know, pelvic floor recovery, but I just want you to be aware that it is important for whoever you're working with to have the right knowledge. If you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, you may have heard me say that the reason why I began my Pilates training was because I had patient after patient who had pelvic floor dysfunction but they insisted that the Pilates that they were doing was not the cause of their pelvic floor dysfunction. Now, it may not have directly caused it, but it definitely didn't help. Pilates is supposed to help these conditions because of the nature of the exercise, because it's very core abdominal intensive. But if you're only engaging the core, not knowing to engage the pelvic floor, or other muscles, or even knowing how to do so, you're not getting the benefit. So when it comes to pelvic floor recovery, working with a pelvic floor physical therapist, working with a pelvic floor therapist who might be an occupational therapist, a nurse practitioner, another type of doctor, a chiropractor, hey, even a massage therapist in your area, if they're licensed to do so, you can get recovery from working with them. You can also get recovery from working with a trainer who is knowledgeable and experienced in working with these particular conditions. 
So the next thing I wanted to address was my personal experience with pelvic floor physical therapists. As you may or may not know, I have three children. So I'm the mother of three children, two C-sections, and one VBAC. I've had my fair share of pelvic floor and abdominal dysfunction. This all started for me because of my own dysfunction during my first pregnancy, although I didn't seek and receive care until a year postpartum. It was during that time when it was pretty much solidified for me that this was the route that I wanted to take with my career. These were the individuals and the populations that I wanted to treat. And it's since developed into much more than that. I started working only with women. Now I work with men and children. I work with primarily at the moment those with pelvic floor dysfunction, primarily pelvic pain related in both women and men. And when it comes to children, I'm treating bladder issues um, as well as constipation. And I still work with the postpartum and the prenatal population, just not as much as in the beginning when I first started out. I've had my own pelvic floor physical therapy after pretty much every kid. First, because I needed it and I didn't know that it's what I needed. By the time I had my second, I was already a physical therapist, so I knew this is just what it should be. This should be the model of care after you have a baby, you receive therapy. So I did receive therapy after my daughter was born, and she was the VBAC, so I had some tearing, and I needed to work on that scar tissue as well as my old C-section scar tissue. And you may or may not know as well, I also had diastasis recti with each kid, so I definitely needed rehab and recovery after all of them. Fortunately, after my second, I was able to receive uh, more intensive hands-on treatment for my diastasis. People think it's strictly weak muscles. That is correct, but sometimes there's structural changes to the tissues, and I had significant structural changes to my abdominal connective tissue, which required hands-on manipulation and manual therapy that solved the majority of my abdominal separation issues. And from then, I was able to continue with strictly exercise. After my third, I had another C-section, so I still needed scar tissue massage and mobilization after that C-section. And I did not need any or as much hands-on manipulation and mobilization to my abdominal wall, but I still needed exercise therapy, of course. So I did recover from my diastasis for the most part. 
with exercise and some manual therapies, more specifically to my C-section scar. So I've had my fair share of experience with pelvic floor physical therapy. I will also add that in order to become a pelvic floor physical therapist, that training that I discussed previously, you experience and practice what it's like to be the patient as well as the provider or the therapist. So that means everything that I put my patients through, everything I do with my patients, I have personally experienced it, not just because I had my own pelvic floor and abdominal uh, dysfunction, but because I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. In order to complete the training, you play the role of the patient and the provider. So when I say I know this is uncomfortable, I know exactly what that feels like I, because I've been there and I've experienced it. And every other pelvic floor physical therapist and anyone who goes through these training programs will know exactly what it's like to be on the other side of the table. So when we say we understand what that's like, we do. We truly understand what that's like. So I hope that answers some questions for you. You know what pelvic floor physical therapy is, who can be one, how to become one, the difference between other types of pelvic floor therapies, as well as my personal history with pelvic floor PT. If you have any other questions, please feel free to reach out. If you have any ideas, for conversations that you would like to hear on this podcast, do let me know. And I would really appreciate if you shared with someone this podcast episode or other episodes that you found informative, educational, or entertaining. Do me a solid and send it to at least two people that you know. Thanks.